Today, in this fifth day, in the octave of Christmas, we hear a little bit more about those beginning days of the Son of God, second person of the Trinity on earth. And we hear how his parents uh, take him to the temple. Mary and Joseph present him to the temple in accordance with the Old Covenant, the Old Testament law. And they present uh, Jesus at the temple through Simeon. And Mary uh, presents herself for her purification, even though she conceived by the Holy Spirit. She did, and she was without sin. She had no uh, real reason to uh, be cleansed according to the Old Testament purification laws. But just like Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, uh, Mary submitted herself to the yoke of the old law in order that we might be freed uh, in the new law. And Simeon takes this child and he's filled with the Holy Spirit. He recognizes who this is. He recognizes God. He recognizes that this is the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And he's excited. He is filled with joy. He has lived his whole life waiting and waiting, filled with desire for the Messiah. And he was given knowledge by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah in his lifetime. And so he uh, says, Lord, now let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of every people, a light to review you to the nations and the glory of your people Israel. This is the canticle of Simeon, very rich, woven into it many uh, prophecies from Isaiah. And the church prays this prayer every night at Compline. In this prayer, he says Jesus is to be a, a light to the Gentiles, a light to the nations. Not only a light for Israel, not only a consolation for Israel, not only the savior of Israel, but a light and savior of the world. And indeed, we see Jesus do exactly that. After he gathers up the lost tribes of Israel, he reunites Israel, establishes a new Israel, his church, and invites the whole world to be grafted on to this new Israel, to share in the light that he brings, to bring them out of the darkness of sin. And Mary and Joseph uh, are amazed, and Simeon says to Mary in particular, you know, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rise of many in Israel, to be a sign that will be contradicted, and you yourself a sword will pierce. So Jesus is given us as a gift from the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that we might have life and not perish for those who believe in him. And yet, if you reject this gift, Simeon is saying, this will be your downfall. There's no neutral zone here. It's either you accept this gift we receive at Christmas, our Savior Jesus Christ, or 
we continue to let ourselves fall in darkness, in the darkness of sin. And he tells Mary, he prophesies to her that a sword will pierce her heart because she too will feel with her maternal love, with her complete union of her heart to the heart of the Lord because she's without sin, she too will feel the suffering of this rejection that will come. At the cross, she's completely united to the Lord in his passion. And just as the Lord in the agony of the garden, the mystics say, you know, the greatest pain, uh, you know, the reason he's sweating blood is not so much that he uh, foresaw the suffering he was about to endure that next day on Good Friday, but because he would suffer that for nothing, for all those souls who would reject him, all those souls who would not accept the light and love that he brings. Rather, choosing to love their sins, choosing to love what the world, the flesh, and the devil has to offer. In our first reading, St. John writes in his first letter that if we love the Lord, then we must keep his commandments. You know, Jesus himself said that in the gospel. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so St. John is reminding these early Christians in his first letter exactly that, that whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, then the love of God is in him, perfected in him. And that's how we know if we're in union with the Lord. So this is why the Catholic Church teaches, uh, you know, that there's venial sin and mortal sin. Venial sin being those less, uh, less serious sins, which weaken our relationship, which weaken our, relation, uh, our union with the Lord. But then there are more serious uh, mortal sins, which destroy our union with the Lord, which uh, kill our relationship with God. And that's what St. John is, is getting at here in this letter, that uh, we can't say we love the Lord, we can't say we're in union with God if we're not keeping his commandments, especially those more serious ones, especially, uh, you know, ones in which completely uh, are, are against the law of God. The law of God, the commandments of God, are, are not just arbitrary teachings of the church, and they're not just arbitrary teachings of Christ or of a, a judgmental God. The commandments are given to us by the Father through especially the Son in order that we may know the truth, that we may walk in his paths, may walk in his ways and be united to him. And so... Christ, or God revealed his eternal law first through the natural law, that the law written on our hearts. That's why, you know, all throughout the world, whatever culture, any pagan culture, there's always those innate uh, laws written on our hearts that we know that, you know, stealing's wrong, killing's wrong. We always have that uh, inner sense of these uh, moral commandments. 
But then the more we turn away from God and live in sin, we, we're in darkness, we become blind. And so God reveals to Israel, he makes it more clear, explicit, because we've snuffed out, we've darkened our conscience. So he gives us the Ten Commandments, the law written on stone. Uh, but then that's still not enough. We don't receive the fullness of the law until Christ comes. And Christ then, he reminds us, you know, don't get caught up like some of the Israelites did in following the law as, you know, a way of, uh, you know, self-pride or righteousness. It is simply just a way to show your love for the Lord, that you want to be in union with him. And so I, I always remind people when I was at the, the parish this past year, at uh, the parents, at the baptism of their children, uh, that, you know, it's important to, to know the teachings of Christ and his church, the commandments of God, and to pass that on to these newly baptized children, because that is how you will teach them to love the Lord. And sometimes, you know, we might not always fully understand the teachings of Christ and his church. We might not always fully understand why is this a commandment? What is so wrong with this? And I was, I was reminded the parents though, you know, study the faith, learn so that you may come to understand, pray. You have to bring that to prayer to have that wisdom to see as God sees all the ways of his commandments. But even if you don't fully understand yet, still pass on that teaching, still pass on the faith still teach these children to keep the Lord's commandments because that is how you will teach them to love the Lord. You know, uh, the analogy I would use is, you know, imagine the children, you know, at two, three years old, four years old, they're about to cross the road. What do you do? Do you just let them cross the road by themselves? No, you command them, you stop them saying, stop, don't cross the road because you love that child and you want what's best for them. You don't want them to be harmed uh, because, you know, little children at that age can't cross the road safely. They don't have that peripheral vision. They don't have the depth. They don't have the awareness to cross that, that road safely by themselves. Similarly, you know, we can keep the commandments even if we don't fully understand yet. Why, why is God commanding us this? Uh, or, you know, if you think of whenever uh, teenagers are finally getting their driver's license and they're, they're going to start driving, they're given rules to follow, commandments of the road, commandments of the use of a car. And if you want to get from point A to point B, it's best you keep these commandments, these rules of using a vehicle on the road. You know, you have to follow all the different, uh, you know, laws of the road, and you also have to take care of the car a certain way. Even if you're not a mechanic, you don't fully understand the car, there's some basic instructions that you can follow. You know, get the oil changed, keep the tires inflated, uh, put the gas in when it runs out. So these basic instructions, uh, even if you don't fully understand, you can still at least keep, and then uh, you will get from point A to point B. All these uh, all the teachings of Christ then are that way from getting from point A 
to point B, getting from our life here in these Valley of Tears to that heavenly mountain of joy. And along the way, though, because it's not just about the end result, it's about accepting the gift we have received here at Christmas now, here and now, growing in our union with God so that we may fully enjoy our relationship with the Lord for eternity in heaven. So St. John reminds us to keep the commandments as a way of showing our love for the Lord. And he, he really reminds us, you know, whoever says he is in the light yet hates his brother is still in the darkness. So he says, beware, you know, don't be, don't be tempted thinking that, oh, I, I know I'm okay, you know, I, I love the Lord, I follow him. Uh, your actions say more. Actions speak louder than words. And so he says those who, you know, harbor hatred, they are really in the darkness. You can't say you're a Christian and harboring hatred in your heart. You have to uh, forgive. You have to love your brother if you want to remain in the light of Christ. What are other ways, though, we can hate our brother? Sinning against our neighbor. Any kind of sin against others is a way of uh, hating our brother. Uh, any kind of sin against God is showing not love of God, but hatred of God. Uh, and so even us, you know, Catholics have to be reminded of certain ways uh, in which we might, you know, not show love for God or our neighbor. You know, what are some uh, very unpopular ways, you know, you think of so many times uh, the church is attacked today because of uh, their teachings. They're not up to date, you know. Well, Christ, he is the truth, and that truth is eternal. He is unchanging. And some of these teachings of Christ and his church are unchanging precisely because of that, because God is unchanging. And so that's why the church continually still teaches these unpopular truths sometimes, because they are trying to bring these sheep, trying to bring the people of God and keep them to remain in the light of Christ, to have that love and peace which Christ offers. What are some of those teachings then? Well, of course, you know, contraception is a big one. Contraception is an attack against God's ways. Contraception is not in accordance with the natural way of that gift of the marital act. And then, you know, IVF and abortion, those are also uh, against the law of God. They can involve, well, abortion directly involves the killing of human life and IVF also with those embryos is the killing of human life or, you know, storing them away, you know, in an unnatural way. Uh, and then, of course, masturbation or pornography within or without marriage, you know, those are serious sins against the Lord. Again, attacking that 
natural uh, way of the marital act which God has given us. And then even before marriage, uh, you know, kissing passionately, any kind of actions that should be reserved for married couple, those too can be serious ways of offending God, piercing the heart of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Uh, immodesty, the way we dress, you know, if we're seeking to incite uh, lust or just seek attention uh, or just not being careful about the way we dress can also be very serious. And then uh, homosexual acts, those too attack the natural way of the marital act. And, you know, more and more today, because the way society is, uh, you know, promoting uh, LGBT uh, agenda and everything, even our Catholic children now becoming desensitized to the seriousness of some of these sins. Uh, you know, I went to Franciscan University, and there, you know, the whole campus is on fire with the faith. You can feel it in the atmosphere. Uh, but I've heard from some of our fellow Marians still there that now the incoming classes the past several years, uh, they come in and they have this great love for the Lord. They're on fire for the faith, and yet they're questioning. They're having serious doubts about some of these teachings uh, that the church has, you know, because we're so desensitized to so much of these things, uh, especially for them, what they see on uh, the internet, what is constantly bombarded for them in, in their schools or on social media, that yeah, these things can't be that bad. And yet, St. John is warning us today, if you give into those kinds of actions, if you let that doubt turn into actually carrying out these actions, then you're turning away from the light. You're beginning to walk in the darkness. You're not loving God and his people, loving our neighbors. Other ways, too, that we might uh, need to be on guard for is, uh, you know, gossip. Gossip can be a very serious sin if it's a way of revealing a hidden mortal sin. You know, St. Ignatius of Loyola says, if I reveal a hidden mortal sin of another, I sin mortally. Uh, so even gossip can be something serious if we're revealing hidden serious things of others. Of course, if something's serious and it needs intervention, you know, like your neighbor is abusing his wife, uh, then yes, you need to intervene. You know, that's not a form of gossip. Uh, but other things that are, are necessarily revealed, that are revealing serious hidden sins, then you too uh, commit a serious sin if, if that happens. Um, a common one for, for Catholics, especially now in the wake of uh, the pandemic, in which we've kind of lost that sense of the importance, is uh, Sunday Mass, fulfilling the third commandment of keeping holy the Sabbath day. Uh, you know, now that uh, the bishops have reinstated that, that Sunday obligation, uh, Sunday Mass, going physically, because Christ is physically present in the Mass, in the Eucharist, uh, is important. Uh, you know, we might not always realize, what, what, what do we get out of going to Mass? Why do we have to 
uh, go to Mass every Sunday. You know, why is that a third commandment? Well, it's a matter of, of justice, really. You know, God is our creator. He's the one who gives us everything. He's the one who holds us in existence, even gives us our very next breath as a gift of his love. And so can we not take at least one day out of the, the week to give him some time back, to give him thanks? That is what we do at Mass. Eucharist means Thanksgiving. We come to Mass on Sunday to give him thanksgiving and to worship him as our Lord and Creator. Uh, and then to keep Sunday as a, a day of rest as well, to try to avoid uh, you know, any unnecessary work or making others work unnecessarily. Because um, you know, it's a day of, of rest, it's a day of the Lord in which we keep our focus on the Lord to remind ourselves that the world and all its activities are passing and our true purpose is to rest in the Lord. And so that's why keeping the third commandment is, you know, is so important. And uh, in the wake of the pandemic, you know, basically the bishops, uh, we have to remember, you know, it's not an arbitrary thing that, oh, this is just obligatory here and there. It's not that serious. No, it was during the COVID uh, period the bishops were simply reminding us, you're not obligated to do the impossible. And so they're trying to ease uh, our conscience of you don't have to, you know, go out of your way, you know, to, to uh, get to mass in the, in the midst of this pandemic. So you're, you're never, you never sin mortally when uh, you're not able to do um, what you can. You know, you're not obligated to do the impossible. So if you're sick or some other serious uh, circumstance comes up, you know, uh, your conscience can remain at ease, right? Um, but nonetheless, it is still the third commandment and a very important one to keep, you know, it's even higher than all these other uh, sins like thou shalt not kill or commit adultery. And, you know, some other ones that... Uh, we should keep in mind too, are you know, giving workers a fair wage, uh, not getting junk or high. You know now with uh, the rise in certain uh, drug use, we have to remain on guard in our society. Even though they're saying this is okay, no, it's an attack against our mental faculties, the gift of our intellect. That is how we're created in the image of God, that we have a mind, an intellect and a heart, that we may know God and love him. And so anytime uh, we get drunk or high, we are attacking that uh, gift that we're created in the image of God. And uh, one last one I'll just say is, you know, saying the name of the Lord or, or Jesus in vain. Uh, a lot of times that can slip out. You know, if it slips out, you know, and you're not saying it deliberately, uh, you know, it wouldn't be... Uh, mortal sin, but if you know we keep habitually uh, giving into that, uh, you know that's something serious to to work on. Uh, again, that's even the, the second commandment, even higher than a lot of the other commandments. So these are you know some of the commandments that we can be reminded of. That, like Saint John says, we may keep these commandments, these teachings, in order that we may love Christ, that we may show our love for the Lord and for our neighbor.
for all those around us, and that we you know, may fully enter into the great gift which God has given us this Christmas, that peace he seeks to bring us, that we might have life and not perish. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.